Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Energy News Beat podcast. My name is Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. Everybody knows I love to visit with energy experts. And I mean, today is absolutely no exception. Today, I have the Keith Stelter, and he is a, a LinkedIn Live guy. And I'll have to give you just a little bit of background here. Keith and I have, this is our first time of really talking face to face on Zoom. Keith and I were also on the advisory board for the uh, Oil and Gas Workers Association with Matt Cody, and we love them. They are actually great. We love being on that. And we have, I think we have uh, 200 and some odd 60 uh, joint LinkedIn uh, connections together. Welcome, Keith. And I can't wait to uh, hear about what's going on. Thanks for having me, Stu. Uh, really appreciate it. Excited to be here. It's uh, been a while since I've been on somebody else's show. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to having a chance just to relax and and uh, not have to lead the way. So uh, I know what you're going through. We just have so much fun. It's pathetic. Uh, but when we sit back and take a look, I have to give a shout out to you because your podcast or live LinkedIn event that you have it on um, LinkedIn as well as YouTube, it was phenomenal this week. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because I needed to hear what Brandon was saying. So it, it actually kind of goes back a little bit before the guest was on. I, I was actually having a meeting with uh, the COO of Hibernia, John Blevins, and we were just talking back and forth. We're, we're LinkedIn guys, and he likes posting about, uh, you know, certain scriptures and he expresses his faith, uh, you know, quite openly. And I like to shout out God and give thanks to, you know, I did a nice little post of thank God sending me my wife and where I'm at the other day. And we were just discussing, you know, why don't more people do that? Like we know a lot of people right. kind of feel the same way. And John, you know, when he posts, he gets messages saying, you know, I wish I could do the same thing. So we decided we we're going to bring him on the show and discuss oil, God and West Texas. It was going to be a nice little chat. And then uh, he had to cancel just a week before uh, the event. We had like 300 people signed up, unfortunately, wow. and he couldn't give me any details, but I had heard rumor that uh, they, his company might be for sale. So I basically texted him and I was like, huh, is this family or is there something else involved? And he just kind of gave me a nice thumbs up and no answer one way or another. And sure enough, I, I found a replacement for him. A great guy named Brandon Willis uh, was uh, planning on bringing him on the show uh, in July or August to talk about construction. And uh, well, we decided... Okay, you know, let's stick with we were originally going to talk about God and Brandon's a guy of faith, too. So let, let's stick to it. Let's call it construction and God and or your faith or however we wanted to kind of express it. Didn't want to, you know, just wanted to be open about it. Right. And so that Tuesday came also the announcement for Hibernia. John Blevins, you know, uh, they got sold for a few billion dollars. So congratulate to him. And yep. then a great, you know, Brandon, without missing a beat, filled in. And, you know, we talked for a few different subjects, oil and gas, West Texas, for about, I think, 40 minutes. But then the last, I would guess, 35 minutes was, you know, he had a great story about how he was got sick. Um, you know, great in shape guy. Here's a guy, 6'1", 235 pounds, and gets sick to the point where he's down to 138 pounds, about to die. And through the power of prayer and a few other things, working with his community, his father, their church, uh, you know, right. he gets through it all and now is is doing well and he's working for ExxonMobil. He's their construction manager up there. And 
we're, we're kind of working together. So it, it was a show kind of a lot of, you know, we wanted to talk about construction. We wanted to make sure, you know, that it's okay to, you know, you know yes. this is a, in my opinion, the oil and gas industry is a pretty conservative industry. So right. there shouldn't really be a, any fear of talking like that. And I think as a society, we've kind of gotten away from it. I noticed when I came originally from Canada and when I came down in 2006, I noticed people didn't really talk about that. It was very taboo politics and religion. And in Canada, everybody always, that's what they wanted to, at least at that time, you know, we weren't scared to offend anybody. And I think we're in some of the messes we are today because we didn't have some discussions and some people, I don't know, maybe not, you know, too afraid to be offended and some are just not in the know i'll tell you what i you just hit me about the eyes and face on that one and a shovel to the forehead because i don't do it nearly as much uh as i should and you know in the past i'd help the homeless and do all those kind of things but with the things that are going on in our country right now i love the old patch i love the energy area where you go out to a rig and I mean, the guys are about as cool as it gets. I mean, they're in the doghouse. They're working hard. Uh, they are salt of the earth people. And uh, that's what this country needs is dads. I think the number one problem we have in this country is the dads are not in the house. Well, at least I mean, not being God, not yeah, setting God. a good example. You, you know right. what I mean? Like they're at work and my dad was away, but I, you always kind of knew dad was going to be there, you know, when he really needed to be. And he set that example of working hard and, you know, men in just this country have kind of abdicated, maybe not, you know, willingly, like it's right. some people just have a, too many people have said, we don't really need you. Like, okay. And now it's, it's kind of gotten to the point where, okay, it turns out, you know, everybody does kind of have a little bit of a role to play and uh, every, everything was kind of set up and working well for hundreds of years, kind of for a reason. Right. And, you know, that's our founding fathers uh, were here for a reason. And that was for the freedom of religion. And, you know, you sit back and know that for somebody to write the Declaration of Independence and, you know, everything else. I, Keith, I could have never written anything that smart. I mean, and then you go back. They were very young. Like these guys were not 50 year old men writing this. Uh, it was very most of them were in their 20s. And, yeah. you know, resources that we take for granted were not there. And the foresight that they showed. So, you know, as an immigrant, I'm, I've been a citizen for about two and a half years now. Reason is just because America truly is the you know the greatest country in the world. When you think there's 193 countries, and you think of well, who really you know won World War II, put a man on the moon, the microchip, you know, right. manufactured the automobile mass, you know, really explored energy, you know, oil and gas. You know, you'd think that'd be spread out over you know all those countries and. It really isn't like uh, not to say that there hasn't been contributions throughout the world. There is. But the fact that America takes such a leadership role in so many areas is is just a a mind boggling fact. It is. What brought you to from Canada to here, Keith? Because I love Canada. So I always grew up. I loved football, actually, more than hockey. So and uh, the cold isn't all that fun. And uh, (laughs) so I always kind of. You know, watch a few American movies and you have this picture in your mind. I wanted to to get to Texas and just, you know, got to Texas, met my wife. She's from uh, Cleburne, Texas. Shout out to my wife, Erin. And nice. uh, so that kind of all worked out for the best and still working out here in uh, West Texas, which is an even better part of Texas, uh, in my opinion. But that's just me. 
So if you're in the Midland Odessa, you're in the Odessa section. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, I'll t- I love West Texas. Uh, right now I'm sitting in Abilene. Uh, so it's not quite West Texas, but we're West Texas wannabes right now. Uh, you're, you're West Texas enough. It, it's the people really <laughs> like, especially during COVID this, my kids didn't have to wear masks during COVID. They got to go to school. They played with their friends. It, there wasn't a big panic. People right. looked at this and if you had questions, you weren't the devil for asking them. Uh, it, yeah. You know, it really was very level headed. And I'll always remember, like, like my kids are not behind in school at all just because they were in West Texas. And I will always remember and be grateful for that. Oh, yeah. There, there's so much uh, across the country that have had uh, setbacks and can't read. I was re- watching the news. I think yesterday they had so many people F's that can't even read or anything else. What do you do in, in West Texas? Everybody else is in um, you know oil and gas and uh, the traffic is horrible in Midland <laughs> in that compared area. to Houston it's it's beautiful compared to Houston or, or Dallas uh, so uh, I don't mind the traffic here but uh, so I was a wireline guy for over 20 years I worked for mainly Slumberjay and Weatherford but uh, nice uh, during COVID, uh, when all that shut everything down I found myself looking for a job I became one of these LinkedIn guys however I that happened you know it just it kind of happen. I I wanted to make my own opportunity and just didn't want to wait for the phone ring. So I took a few chances and for whatever reason, it turned out. And now I'm actually no longer really in the upstream. I'm in the down uh, midstream kind of nice still as upstream kind of work in construction. So I work for a company, 413 uh, Mechanical, and we do construction, steel fabrication, maintenance. So we'll build you a, you know, a pipeline. We'll the We'll clear it. We'll assemble it. We'll build the meter runs, the launchers, receivers. We'll build you an SWD. We'll send guys out to help you assemble your site. Uh, We got welders uh, from, you know, skids to platforms, stairs. uh, Nice. It's a nice little company. They they started up in North Dakota. Great guy, uh, Harold uh, Reimer. And uh, he's the one that brought me on. And, uh, they didn't have any kind of real presence. They've done a, a couple little jobs uh, previous in uh, the Permian, right? But uh, no, no real presence. Now we got a shop in South Odessa, nice. our own paint booth, and uh, just trying to grow up from here. It's still pretty early on, five months into this, but uh, we've done so, some work and been able to bid some pretty big pipelines yeah. uh, at this point. So, uh, are you looking I, to? Uh, are, so, just as an EMP side of things, uh, are you going to the rigs before they get there and bringing the pipe to the main midstream lines? Or so we could do the earthwork to build a, a pad site, you know, oh, for nice. the EMP drill. You know, so you need that all nice, bleached out, flattened. Right. We, we can do that. And then once you've drilled it and completed it and you have your well there, if you need a battery or something after that, we're, we're the guys you call to pipe it all up and weld it together and uh, make the nice little concrete pad or berms or containment and the gathering lines. We can, we can set that all up. So uh, yeah, we're kind of all parts of the, the life of it, but I would say predominantly, you know, once the well's completed is, is where we kind of shine a little bit more. Oh, nice. So, uh, you know, after the frat cruise and and all that, what are some trends that you're seeing? Because over the last uh, couple of years, uh, the 
costs have gone through the roof for metal, uh, you know, the supply chain. How's that holding up on your end of the stick? You know, it, it it's fluctuates in, in my opinion. Like there was a time last year where everything steel was going through the roof and then it came back, right? Came back down. Availability is big. Depends on, you know, especially items I think are still hard to find. However, I believe, you know, your basic stuff is is caught up to a certain certain right. extent. And if you look hard enough and there's enough competition out there, like you can that that's my feelings on it. Right. That it's caught up. And activity is uh, dipping a little bit uh, as far as on the drilling side, only right. because the, the rigs are drilling so fast now that right. you don't need as many drilling rigs. Right. The footage that they're right. They're drilling, I think, is in excess of. 2014, a great guy to talk about that is David Gibson. Yep. But at the same time, okay, the footage that the drilling rigs, you don't need as many drilling rigs, but you still need the facilities. You still need the gathering lines for all those sites. And that, you know, capacity is still a pretty big issue uh, in the yep. Permian uh, pipeline for the capacities. For the takeaways? So for all the takeaways, uh, especially gas. A little bit more up to date on the gas part, but they, you know, there was no work pretty much done during 2020 and that set a lot of capacity back. So a lot of it is getting done now and, uh, you know, low gas prices is kind of maybe hindering on the gas side, but uh, yeah. natural gas. But I think there's so much catch up to do from before. I think that'll stay a little steady. Oil is definitely, you know, thriving in a lot of places. So it's... Right. Do you, what do you see, Keith, as the bids? Because you're right in the middle of all this. You're going to be in the middle of the bids, the EMP operators out there. And I'm assuming you work with the big boys and the medium boys and you, you don't care. If they got a PO, you'll, you'll go to work with them, right? So sure. how do you feel that it's going right now in the Permian? Do you feel that they're, because everything I'm reading, the, the Permian is, is here to stay and the tech, new technology and everything else. Uh, you hear one side of it is saying that all the good rock is taken and gone. Then you hear other guys saying it's going to be here forever. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Permian area? Uh, I think it'll continue for a long time coming. Right now, I think it's steady. It's not exactly booming. And with you know some of the acquisitions, there's still obviously acreage to be uh, recovered. Right. I as a guy who was in the Barnett years and years ago, I right. was I saw a few seismic uh, surveys while they would do seismic while they were doing fracks. And I'll tell you something, the way they were doing the fracks, and that, to me, I would have to see some data. The way they do it, there's still lots of stuff that can be recompleted because oh, in my opinion, yeah. they do way too long of sections and they leave so much behind. They try and break the clusters down with only a couple holes here and a couple holes. But it's the first two clusters that always take the water. And it the, the last ones barely take anything. Like I've, I've watched the seismic, watched it move. And it's just like, oh, OK, like you didn't kind of get it all the way, in my opinion. Now, I haven't seen a seismic in a long time. They, I could be completely right. off base. They could have it all dialed in where they're draining as fast as they can be. But my feeling is there's, it's got a long way to go. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, you know, when you sit back and look at that new technology or you look at going back and reworking old wells, that seems like it'd be a heck of a lot cheaper to go back in and try to remuscle in a rework a well. Is that yep, a fair Definitely. I, I, I think that's uh a heck of a plan for some of these guys, maybe. And you don't need the upfront drilling costs and 
I think there's so much we could do with all, you know, these wells that have already been drilled, even geothermal like opportunities and stuff too, right? Once the well's already drilled, that's usually the biggest cost for geothermal opportunities. And I'm not against green or other energies. You know, I'm an oil and gas guy, but if the population is growing, we need more energy, not less of it. Yeah. So why not? I like the way you think, because we need all the energy we can get. And I don't care if it's uh, wind, solar, nuclear, oil and gas. Let's all get along together. But it, in order to be sustainable, you have to survive without tax credits. I agree. So that kind of leaves it a little limited there. <laughs> I so. think with enough need and enough ingenuity, anything can survive. Like this is, like I said, this is yep. the country that a man on the moon. Like allow enough people time to figure it out. They'll, they'll figure out a way. I like your positive attitude, man. Now, you also have a workout Wednesday. What's that about? So I, you know, there's lots of happy hours. There's lots of different activities you can do out right. in Permian and lots of pl- any places. I'm getting older, having all these drinks every night. And that's just wearing me down. So I was like, hey, lots of people work out. You want to just get together and we can have a good workout. We can barely lift any weights. We just it's just an excuse to kind of get together. And oh, I used yeah. to train people and it used to be it's one of my hobbies, always, you know, staying in shape. So I started this thing, workout Wednesdays over in Odessa. It's you know, it's had a few people attend. It's had times where nobody attends. Uh, so but it works. There's a great I got a shout out to Robert Gomez. He's got a great okay. running group over in Midland on Thursdays. He'll get from 20 to 40 people showing up. So people definitely love running way more than they love lifting their weights. But uh, I am. It's, it was a, just an op, uh, you know, just uh, yeah. something other than drinking all the time. Well, you know, I, I respect that. And I've always enjoyed watching your your LinkedIn posts or anything else of workout Wednesdays. And it's like, you know, I think I even commented one time, like you're looking a little peaked or something. I, I can't remember, but it, it was, you know, your arms are about as big as my head. And uh, it, you know, it's, it's kind just of a regular, regular old guy. I just like working out. I grew up on a farm. I'm a little stocky, as my my wife likes to remind me. But uh, I don't know. I'm not giant by any means. So, uh, but I appreciate you checking them out, man. Checking out the posts and it. it you know, I tried LinkedIn was really good to me. Like I, the one I'm probably most proud of is the Pay It Forward Fridays, where I try and help you know people looking for yep. jobs. You know, I got this platform. Why not raise the profile of someone looking? And it's right. It's it's hit and miss. You know, sometimes a lot of people will support it. And then sometimes I guess people are busy or whatever. But a lot of people have found jobs that way. And, yep. you know, anything I can do to help, be, you know, I, I've been pretty blessed with with what's happened to me. So I figured why not? You know, one of the cool things uh, I was seeing, uh, we were on a Zoom call uh, this week with the uh, Oil and Gas Workers Association. And I just got. Uh, roped in by Matt Cody. And I, I love him. He is a nut. Um, of course, he's, you know, let's not tell him that. Of course, he may see this. Well, maybe so. we should tell him that. We, we <laughs> just got to focus some of his energy sometimes. Very enthusiastic. I just, I just don't want him to attack you. You know, we're trying to win people over here. So, you know. You bet. And so he is uh, absolutely, I, I love watching him either at the legislator or I was uh, very, very uh, thrilled to have him on when the Ohio train wreck happened. And I mean, he ran up there delivering uh, goods from the uh, oil field. I mean, that was a lot of fun and it's despicable. uh, The folks up in Ohio are not 
getting treated well, but that shows the heart of the oil field folks giving the supplies and having him run them up there. Yep. No, we uh, worked together on that and it was a great, great little initiative that uh, proud that we, we were able to, my family sent some money, uh, you know, we yep. you know wanted to help and uh, it, it was great. I think we, they got two trips out of the thing. It wasn't as much as I, I kind of hoped sometimes, but I think right. any little bit, uh, you know, help. Oh, right. when I, those people are are in a bad way for a long time. So everything that they get is uh, going to be uh, important. Keith, what's coming around the corner for you? How to? I want to ask you two things. First thing, what's coming around the corner for you in the next like few months? So, do you plan on getting John Blevins back on the show here? Yeah. Uh, I am working with a few folks. I'm hoping to have, a, you know, I've had some educational live streams where right. we've done compression, we've done leadership. I've had a great guy, a, you know, I've had a Top Gun instructor on with, oh, uh, nice. you know, an NFL, NFL, former NFL alignment, Marcus Ogden, and uh, some corporate trainers too, talking about leadership. That was actually a pretty, pretty cool event. So I've been pretty blessed, but John Blevins going to come on, I'm working on with some folks to come on and talk about, uh, uh, crude oil marketing, like w- what is crude oil marketing, right? Nice. Uh, come uh, later this fall, I'll be doing all the interviews at the Permian Basin International Oil Show. Uh, nice. You know, the largest oil show in North America. So thanks for them. I, I did it two years ago. Was up in the, the booth there, just kind of one person after another, getting that on LinkedIn. We had a few live moments and when we could get the internet to work and it, it really was one of the first times, uh, you know, I, I had done something like that. Sky High for Kids, we're, we're hopefully attend that banquet again. Last year, I donated my hair. Right. We raised a bunch of money for them on that. So Isn't that cool? Uh, uh, JP, I love JP. And I mean, you and JP were just going back and forth about your hair. I was like, oh. And then you got people like me with flesh for a, uh, a color here. You guys are rock stars. Uh, Petra Reyes, shout out to her. She, her goal is to raise $40,000 to cut her hair. She's a, a wow. kind of a somewhat of a celebrity in this uh, little area. So uh, I think she could do it. She's a very well-connected sales. sales you had a woman bunch. Here. You had a yeah. bunch of money. How much was your haircut? Mine was 13000 JP's was just under thirteen, and a few others. I think total we raised thirty-five thousand between nice. all, all of us that did it. So yeah, that is uh, cool. So you sold more, or you got more income than JP that night. So I considered the stopping point once we cut our hair because that's when I stopped asking people for money. Right at that point, I was leading. However, now there's the the controversy with JP. The next day, he kept getting some donations because he offered to shave his beard or something. So then he oh. did officially pass me the next day, but I didn't. I, I didn't stop it then. But if you go back to the video at the right. banquet, the official person who was the, raised the most and had the that was you number one spot was was me. So uh, you can. I, sure can't, I, I need to have both of you on here so we can have a slug fest. And, and I, I, I get so sure. tickled. That I, I'll tell you one real quick thing on uh, JP. How cool is it that he's taken the crew uh, where it is now and very, having very him? Cool. I am so happy for him and his little family. It is so fun to see what he's doing for the oil and gas industry. That is just cool. And it's it's educating people about networking, which to me, if I could go back and tell my younger self, 
you know, one right. thing, it would be to network more. Like I was an operations guy. I was always busy. I was just like, oh, I don't have time to do that. I just want to get home to the family or something. Not to say that the family's not the most important, but I should have taken a few times at lunch and a few other right. event, you know, times and, and went and expanded my network. Now LinkedIn's helped me kind of accelerate, you know, I've probably right. done, you know, way more than, you know, I probably could have normally without it. So thankful for that. But yeah, no, he, he's done a great job uh, getting out there, getting people together in a very right. positive light. I'll tell you what, uh, we've got about two more minutes and I just really appreciate you and your thought leadership. And uh, I've been a stalker uh, watching everything you got going on, looking at your stuff and everything else. So congrats to you. Uh, and you don't realize what impact you have uh, on being positive, on being the weightlifter and all those kind of things. So um, I'm looking forward to visit with you again in the future. And um, again, uh, how do people come back anytime? This was great. How do people get a hold of you? So the easiest way is look me up, Keith Stelter on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, that's basically the easiest uh you know, giving out my phone number here or my email address, like let's start with LinkedIn, go from there. And, uh, you know, you'll get me. I, you're not going to have to wait four days for a response. If you got something, you know, a legitimate contact here, I'm on it constantly. So, uh, I'm the first one that pops up. There are other key stelters on there, but it's K E I T H S T E L T E R. You know, there's only one in West Texas that I know of. So, uh, Sounds great. That That's usually the best way to, to find me and reach out. And I'd, I'd love to connect with anybody out there who wants to connect with me. Sounds great. Thank you so much for your time. 